Hello, coffee shoppers. Welcome to another Oregon Music News Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni, the editor of OMN, and we're going to be talking with filmmaker and singer, in case you weren't aware, Beth Harrington. Her latest documentary is on the Carter family, and it's called The Winding Stream. It took her a long time to make this film, but it's out, and if you saw it at the Northwest Film Center last fall, you will never forget it. I've known Beth since the late 90s, before we both worked at OPB. The next Coffee Shop Conversation will be with singer-songwriter Laura Ivensee, who has had several interesting lives so far. The following week, saxophonist vocalist Reggie Houston, who's from New Orleans, and that will be just in time for Mardi Gras. I need to say that we mourn the killing of the journalists in Paris. Any attack on a publication is an attack on us and all publications. I promise that as long as I am editor-in-chief of Oregon Music News, I will not let any fanatics, be they religious, political, or musical, push us around limit what we do or say. Now let's talk to Beth. Harrington is with me in the cupping room. The cupping it's room, the cupping you say? Room. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. I don't know what that is. I don't either, but... but it sounds, doesn't it sound good? <laughs> it sounds a little suggestive. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that, <laughs> uh, But it had more to do with coffee, I think. Yeah, it else. has something to do with coffee. Yeah. I'm sure Which it has something sitting to do with sitting over there brewing. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. In. One of the baristas came in. Well, let's see. I was trying to think... Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember where we first met, and I think, although I'm not completely sure, that I had had Harpo Marx's son on my radio show one Saturday morning, uh-huh. and that he went to the Hollywood Theater, and that's where I met you. Jeez, that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> I also remember, what's the cool um, funky bar on... This was a this was our second meeting, I think. Um, the place on Twenty Eighth and Burnside. Oh, with with the Hol- with, Holmans. With Holmans. Yes. Holmans. I won. I won <laughs> dinner there one time. Did you? It's a spinning wheel. Awesome. You, you spin awesome. the wheel, and I actually won once. <laughs> uh, but I remember that about Harper Marx's son. Wow. He, he did all the. He did. You know how? Remember how Harper would like. Under your leg, yeah. Yeah, you went and to shake his hand, and you'd end yeah, up with his, yeah. his thigh did, in your hand. He did that to you, just yeah. uh, just <laughs> as a greeting. Yeah, awesome, yeah. <laughs> awesome. But he was a singer. Huh. Singer. Anyway, huh. that's my recollection. I could be wrong. So he took after his uncle Zeppo. Then he Something was a like singer. Yes. Groucho too. Zeppo. He was known to Zeppo. They were not Italians. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well. I, is it all done? Is it all finished? Is everything <laughs> taken care of now, or do you still have a little ways to go? And by it, we're talking we're about... We're talking about The Winding Stream. <laughs> the Winding Stream. The, the, um, en- the endless documentary. It's not... Um, it's never done. A film is never done, Tom. You should know that. Well, it's it's done. Uh, it's The film itself has been completed. Yes. The question now is, 
how to move forward with it. Yeah. What happens to it? You've given birth to this little baby, but yeah. what's it going to turn out to be like? We we're still looking at that. So we're I'm I'm in the phase now of making sure we have enough money to pay for all of the rights for uh -huh. all of the platforms that we're uh, going to be showing us on. Yeah. Um, that's music rights, you know, licensing all the music rights and licensing all the archival and photos, Jeez. which are numerous. Um, but we've just gotten a really great grant from the Marie Lamprum um, Charitable Foundation. So they've given us half the money we need. We just have to come up with the other half, which is really great. That's great. And then, yeah. um, but meanwhile, I'm talking to distributors who don't do as much for you as they used to. So <laughs> I'm now in the, hmm. No one maybe. does as much for you as they used to. Well, that's to. life in general these days, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. that's where I'm at. And the, and the answer to the they don't do enough for you is to DIY it, right? Do it yourself. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking at what does that look like? What what is um you know what does distribution for an independent film look like in 2015? Wow. So um it's really interesting. I I've gotten lots of great offers from reputable distributors. Uh -huh. I'm talking to people about maybe doing pieces of it, and I do some of it myself. Uh -huh. Um but it's a very different world in the days when you used to give it to one distributor and they ran with it. They ran with it your yeah. film ended up all over the place. Oh, it's not like it used to be. But I feel like I have more control over this part of the filmmaking uh -huh. process than uh -huh. ever before. Yeah. So that's a good thing. And many more ways for people to see it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're doing. We're talking to foreign distributors. We're talking to uh, people who do the video on demand aggregation. So yeah. you know, so it winds up in Netflix and Hulu and iTunes and all those things. Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking to people who do educational. And we're talking to people who do um, DVD because still some people still want DVDs out sure. there. Bless them. <laughs> some people, some people still want VHSs, but they can't get. Them. That's correct. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> and there's even a version we're doing in Zoetrope for those yeah. real diehards. <laughs> what about what about laser discs? Laser discs. Those big laser discs. Remember those? Laser discs. Picture lasers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. 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 It's it's. I know. I I I realize it hasn't been a fast change. But to be able to see the scope of that change from mm -hmm. from the days when there were three commercial TV stations and one public TV station, right, and nothing else, and nothing else, That's right, it. no other place to see anything, no. oh, except if you went to the movies, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's a, it's a really interesting um, ecosystem, as producer Ted Hopes calls it. <laughs> it's a, it's an, it's an interesting ecosystem, and uh -huh. it's like some ecosystems we're familiar with. It's got its polluted problematic parts and it's got its clean wonderful exciting parts yeah and um and the the trick for any independent person whether they're a musician or a filmmaker anybody putting stuff out there for mass consumption is um navigating all those different platforms figuring out what order to do things in mm -hmm. and um and obviously being able to reach your your fan base and the beauty of social media cropping up in this time frame for me was that I was able to really tap into, you know, thousands of people who cared about yeah. the Carters and Johnny yeah. Cash yeah. and wanted to engage with me and find out about how the film was going. And and that actually was not only good for, in the sense that their future 
you know, consumers of the film, yeah. but they're also just people who cheered me on when I was really depressed yeah. and really made. Um, oh, you mean you weren't all sunshine for the I know. It's process? hard to believe. I know. I'm such a sunny personality. <laughs> but yes, there were moments, just yeah. a few. So did you get the idea for this while you were making the Women of Rockabilly? At the, yeah, at the very end of it, I had been talking to um, so many of those Rockabilly women. Obviously, they're yeah. mostly women from the South, and, right. they, and they grew up with church music, and they grew up with you know, old-timey music and country music um, in general. Um, and they had favorites, and there were people that certainly influenced them, and a lot of them were influenced by R&B singers that were coming up, like, you know, um, Ruth Brown and Laverne mm -hmm. Baker, mm -hmm. but uh, they were also, you know, very moved by the family story of the Carters, and a lot of them knew um, not only all the Carter music, but they also personally traveled with and toured with Johnny Cash, yeah. Mother Maybell and the sisters, yeah. so th they were really familiar on a personal level with the family, yeah. and so I kept thinking while I was working on that, geez, no one's really connected the dots. There had been films about the Carters and there had been films about Johnny Cash, but nobody had connected the dots between yeah. this foundational family in 1927 when they do their first recordings uh -huh. and this sort of bad guy, wonderful, you know, legendary Johnny Cash. Yeah. Like, how did that happen and uh -huh. what's his relationship to them? Because the music is very right. different in a lot of ways, right. but he really honored them. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to trace that whole continuum of who the family was, how that whole thing un unfolded, and even today, how people still yeah. play the music in the family sure. in Virginia. Every Saturday night, they're still playing right. old-timey music and a stage sure. in the Carter Fold. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, when you were doing the, the Women of Rockabilly, did you find that they were influenced by Sister Rosetta Tharp? You know, no one mentioned Sister Ro Rosetta specifically. That's interesting. But, but I got to believe that some of them knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. They certainly were very turned on. I mean, these were young women. Yeah. Did only... you see that documentary? Yeah. On yeah. 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 And I, I mean, that was one of those documentaries I was, while I was finishing yeah. <laughs> this one, I kept thinking, oh, if no one's done a Sister Rosetta yeah, film, yeah. I want to do that. But yeah. someone beat me to it. But it's, it's like a doing, very fine. It's like doing the, the Nick Tachos documentary. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no one's done that. No one's done still. it. Still. Yeah, but somebody's going to. Oh, we just blew it. We just gave him the idea. I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to. <laughs> He's a wild man. Um, yeah, they. I, I, no, no one mentioned Sister Rosetta, but I, I am still amazed that a lot of people don't know yeah. who she is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, even uh, I have a great guitar teacher. I love him to death. He's uh -huh. wonderful. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And he asked me one day, you know, I want to show some of my younger, because <laughs> I'm his oldest student, I think. <laughs> I want to show my younger students. Um, uh -huh. The girls, especially other women who play guitar, can you recommend uh -huh. some YouTube videos of, of musicians? I yeah. said, well, you know, Sister Rosetta is a great starting point. Yeah. Like, who? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to show you this woman. Wow. And yeah. his eyes just like popped out of his head and his yeah. head exploded. And, you know. Yes. It's a yes. Tr tremendous thing to see her for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, so wh what are you learning from him? From my guitar teacher? Yeah. Oh, geez, everything, everything. You know, some of it's like Zen, be the guitar grasshopper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of it's like well, most of it's like just relax. You know, I'm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of starting to learn a little bit how to, sh to shred. I've known how to play chords for a really long time, uh -huh. but now I'm trying to learn how to actually 
go <laughs> it's a ways off you won't be hearing it anytime soon but i'm learning that Where, what 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 tune would you use that in oh uh, it, it's good in any tune Are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that <laughs> you're a music writer you yeah, know all right <laughs> You might have something in mind, that's all. <laughs> no, 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 it, it's, it's applicable almost in any song. <laughs> have you, have, do you still perform at all? Yep. Yeah, when? I'm in a band. I'm in a band again. <laughs> I, you didn't know that, did you? No, what band? It's called Spiracles. Spiracles? Yeah. What does that mean? Okay, so here's the thing with Spiracles. <laughs> <laughs> the name was chosen before I joined the band. Yes. And I said, like you, what does that mean? And yeah. it turns out that it's actually a word that refers to certain biological venting systems, like um, the pores on a leaf when when plants release carbon dioxide or uh-huh. or, um, or or release oxygen, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I get my science straight. Or it's um, the venting system in a marine mammal. Uh-huh. <laughs> and see, to me, spiracles has a sort of new agey connotation. Uh-huh. It sounds kind of yeah, a little, you know, spirit, miracles. Uh-huh. Um, when in fact, uh, we're kind of a punk band. We're like really loud. Why don't you just change it to leaf farts? Well, we, I was thinking blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> but leaf farts would work too. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. much much more punk. <laughs> so anyway, we're we're a um, six member rock and roll band. We pl- we're playing at uh, at the Alberta Street Pub on the seventeenth, and we're playing at the White Eagle on the 29th of January. You play guitar in What's the that? band. You play guitar in the band. I play guitar in the band. I'm one of three guitarists. That's oh one of the reasons God. we're so loud. <laughs> we have keyboards, a monster bass player, drummer. Uh, the keyboard player also plays some fiddle that's kind of wacky in the middle of this. Do you do any this. singing? I sing, yeah. I yeah. sing too, yeah. yeah. Um, Al Paschke, who's our lead uh-huh. guitarist and our lead singer and songwriter, um, does most of the singing, but I often do a lot of it with him. And, and who who would you compare them to? Al? No, the band. Oh, the band? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Bands never know how to compare themselves to anything. But you um, do. I don't know. I mean, I've had, a, I've really wrestled with it. I mean, it has a. We're uh-huh. all from the sort of '80s yeah. punk new wave scene. Uh-huh. Oh, not all of us. Two members of the band are too young for that. But the rest of us are, are <laughs> yeah. that old. But it's not like. Is it like Ramones? It's is not it as. Like... Um, it's a little more complicated than Ramones, <laughs> shall we say? Well, one, you know, two, three, it's, four. It's, you know, one, two, yeah, three, no, four. it's good. Um, Al is a complicated songwriter, and he, yeah. he he'll take you someplace where you think you're getting da na 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 na, and uh-huh. you do. Yeah. But then there's something else that happens, so uh-huh. it's a little more complicated than that. But we have Sylvia Hackathorn, who's my dear friend and uh-huh. incredible, incredible guitarist, and she's actually the lead guitarist in the band, and she is worth the price of admission just to watch her play because she really knows how to shred. So. This sounds a lot more fun than talking to distributors. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> and frankly, but I will, I will say that I owe it to the Carters because um, if I weren't working on this film and feeling so downhearted, <laughs> I might not have taken up a hobby. <laughs> and the hobby, it seemed to me, should be music. Like I realized that a lot of what I was doing with my filmmaking was pouring my love of music into, yes. into that, yeah. which is still... 
a very worthwhile and worthy yeah. cause, I yeah. still believe. Yeah. Um, you know, people who write about it, people who make films about it, you know, yay us. On the <laughs> other hand, my brother-in-law said to me one day, you know, people just don't play music, like sit around the house and play music anymore. Yeah. And I said, well, they used to until, ironically, the Carters, who used to sit around the house and play music, um, started making recordings that were so popular that people started buying records. Um, and over time, there was less, you know, less demand for musical instruments and more demands for Victrolas, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought about that one day, and I thought, you know, I've got a great... Fender Telecaster sitting in the other room that I haven't touched in years. Uh -huh. I'm going to go get it restrung. I'm worked on, uh -huh. and I'm going to play it again. And I went into the store, and that's when this young salesperson said, "Are hey, you playing this now?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Yeah, how are you doing with that?" I said, "Well, I'm kind of spinning my wheels." And he said, "Maybe you should talk to one of our teachers." And he recommended this guy Nick. Uh -huh. And so, sure enough, <laughs> I I totally fell in love with him as a teacher. He's just an incredible guy and he's teaching me all kinds of stuff. And then from on the heels of that, friends started saying, you playing again? You want to be in a band? <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and playing in a punk band must have helped. How long, how long has this been happening now? The band's been around for about three years. Okay. Yeah. Now, playing in a punk band must be a good outlet. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm, you know, you I'm, crash I'm, around, you get a lot yes, out. I'm yeah. sure your husband is very happy you know, that he, you get these things out in other ways. So, he's been so supportive anyway, <laughs> but God, he has been so supportive of me playing music. Yeah. And yeah. he also uh, got kind of turned on himself uh -huh. and said, uh, I want to play a stringed instrument. He said, but I don't want to play a guitar because I don't want anyone to think I'm serious. <laughs> So he got a ukulele. I was going to say that. I was just going to say and, that. And yeah, he's learning yeah. from our friend Nick, the same uh -huh, music teacher. Uh -huh. So he and I alternate weeks going to the music lessons, and he's he and I play together. I play <laughs> my Fender, and he plays his ukulele. It's hilarious. It's very cathartic. Is is, is he still Mr. Volcano? He sure is. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He works. He's uh, still doing a lot of overseas work with the U.S. Geological Survey, uh -huh. helping people in volcanic crises wow. or get re getting ready in case there is a volcanic crisis. Wow. And uh, he's, he's still loving it. He, you know, he's very well, he's a very humble guy, uh -huh. but he's extremely well regarded all over the world. Huh. And um, the way you see this in action is on Facebook where you see all these people talking about, you know, Andy will post something and you'll see yeah. someone from, Chile and someone from Colombia and someone from New Guinea and someone from Indonesia and they're all talking to Andy and it's just it's like it might be one of the last nice things our government does is <laughs> 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 send Andy overseas to help with this stuff yeah but it's really cool it's very very cool hmm. um, I'm very proud of him and I think he does really good work you know helping people in these really tight situations so are you still Currently making TV or film or stories or pieces or I am. I'm working still for our, our friends over at Artbeat. In fact, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. Well, they sure need help. And I'm very happy that they that, that, that you're there because uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm working uh, on a um yeah, I'm working on a piece now about the Oregon Ballet Theater and uh, their new yeah. artistic director Kevin. Oh, ah, yeah. He was yeah. a really interesting guy, really uh-huh. nice guy. So, yeah, I mean, I to you be know, honest, I did a story on Oregon Ballet Theater when what was his name? Um the, the the guy Stowell who stole or um, no the one before the, um, the 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 flamboyant guy yeah who, I'm blanking yeah. Um, and he he he's the guy who who opened that building that used to be a bank and right. he had his office in the vault <laughs> that's what I heard <laughs> I've been in that vault that's yeah. kind of a weird place to have an office it's I gotta a say. vault it's a vault <laughs> yeah yeah, anyway. yeah. And not even a very attractive vault at that <laughs> no 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 he was an interesting yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. A very flamboyant guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that. I, you know, honestly, I'm. I've. Um, I did an, a longer series of pieces for OPB this past year on photography for a, um, an educational project, but I'm really facing this year just digging in, in digging in deep and getting this film out in the world. You know, yeah. getting Winding Stream out in the world. So yeah. I probably won't be doing a lot of production for a while. Wow. Um, which is okay, you know. I, I mean, this is the part where, <laughs> dare I hope, we might actually make some money. There so it'd go. be nice to try to yeah. maximize that, and pay people back, yes. and do all those things that you yeah. want to do when you make a film. So. Yeah, and get people to see it. And get people, oh, yeah, and get people to see get it. Get people to see it, yeah. which is yeah. why we do these things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, exactly. So yeah, so that that's kind of my goal. And I think it's an interesting time. Like I'm learning a lot. I'm traveling a lot. I'm meeting all kinds of people. Uh-huh. Um, right. The good news is we have a a film that people are enjoying. So yeah. I, I feel more confident about getting out there. What, what is the one question that they ask you about more than any other? About the, the film? Yeah. Um, a lot of people just ask about A.P. Carter and what he was really? about. Um, and, wow. a, and a lot of people ask about his relationship with Leslie Riddle, uh-huh. who was the African-American blues guy that yeah. um, AP traveled with and collected songs with. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are interested in that. That's interesting. Of, yeah. Because you would think that the, the first thing they'd ask you about was Johnny Cash. Not so much. I think huh. when people see the film, they understand that, um, you know, Johnny Cash is in it. If you're a Johnny Cash fan, you'll like the film, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. But it's never been about Johnny Cash, uh-huh. and and I think when people come away from the film, um, they've completely internalized that, huh. like that it's not about him, that yeah. his reverence for that family yeah. is what helped make him him, yeah. but it's not, it's not about him, yeah. and and that's I believe why he granted us the interview because uh-huh. it wasn't going to be about him, yeah. and I think um, I had a really funny conversation with Joe Lydon, who's a our writer for Variety, mm-hmm. a film critic, and he really liked the film. And his the thing that tickled him about the film is that the first time you see Johnny Cash on camera, and he's it's like a minute or so into the film, yeah. we don't say his his identifier, his lower third, doesn't say Johnny Cash <laughs> musician or Johnny Cash <laughs> music legend. Yeah. It says Johnny Cash. Maybell Carter's son-in-law. <laughs> and he just thought that was the most hilarious thing. But I wanted to make sure at the beginning of the film that everybody got. Yeah. It's not really about yeah. him. But journalists ask you about Johnny Cash. They're the ones who ask you about Johnny Cash, Yeah, right? they do. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people are interested. People want to know about having about meeting him, like yeah. what that was exactly. like. You know, there is a lot of that. Yeah, people want to know that story, and I, and I do tell that story. So, But, you know, he was... Um, 
he he just revered Maybelle Carter and what the Carters accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I think that's was one of the most amazing things about meeting him was realizing yeah. his reverence for that family. Yeah. You know, that's cool. You know, it's writing and, and, and making um making TV pieces and whatever. It's such a solitary, I mean, it's collaborative, mm-hmm. but it's still a solitary thing. It gets lonely, yeah. And it's not like you can get up on stage and work out the songs and, right. and, then, and then you can do it again the next week right. and, and you get immediate feedback from the audience. Mm-hmm. And so what is it like for you to, you know, to, to be there in the, you know, in the auditorium when they're watching the movie? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Isn't it's it, totally it's gratifying. Gratifying, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cool thing is, you know, um, when you work on something as long as that, yeah. You know, you and you get rejected as much as we got rejected, and we got yeah. rejected a lot from decision makers with, you know, grants and, you know, funding possibilities and, you know, broadcast possibilities. Like yeah. we could turn down over and over and over again, and, we, and a, we're told over and over again that there was kind of nothing there, and I was like. No, that can't be right. No, you know, it can't be right. I, I feel like, right. you know, I'm I'm not like a crazed egomaniac. I I, I mean, you know, I've got yeah. my ego, but <laughs> but I don't think like this is my baby, and you can't say anything bad about it. Like I I can take criticism. Yeah. But I was shocked that so many people were saying we don't see the story, we don't get it, and I'm like, well, that's so weird. And and fortunately, my editor Greg Snyder and I kind of hunkered down and Greg was very, very supportive. Yeah. Like this is there is this is good. Don't lose sight. You know, but at the end of the day, you work on it twelve years, you don't know anymore. Yeah. So the first time we times we showed it, I was like, oh, people are laughing. Yeah. People are crying. Yes. Like really crying. I'm like, right. oh my God. I had no I, I had no connection to that anymore. Right. I mean there was a time when would put something together and it would move me. Yes. You know, Greg would do something. I go, oh, that's awesome. And then you see it twenty-five more times. Right, and, and you forget. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, seeing it with an audience now is just so great because people yeah. really, you know, some audiences are better than others. Some, you know, there's more of a oomph to some of it some yeah. nights than others. Yeah. But yeah. generally speaking, every audience laughs in the same places, cries in the same places, well, and walks was, away feeling good about they're it. They're supposed to. Yeah. That's, that was that was that was the point. Yeah. That's why you did it. That That's way. right. Yeah. Right. But you know, <laughs> it, if I had just taken everybody else's, not, you know, it wasn't everybody, but it was yeah. a fair amount of, you know, I, I got rejected from the same funder, and I won't say who it is, um, yeah. eight times. They kept yeah. reinviting me to reapply, and then I'd reapply. <laughs> Rejected again. And they, the, the, wasn't there one that, that wanted you to change it, change it all around? Oh, uh, people wanted me to make it about Johnny Cash. Everybody wanted me to make a film about Johnny Cash. I'm like, it's not no. a film about Johnny Cash. No. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was interesting. And um, and you know, some it was also just interesting culturally to see uh, some of the divide. I'm I'm an East Coast girl, as you know. I know. Um. But I have an appreciation for all kinds of music, uh-huh. and I really wanted to do this film partly because I didn't have as in-depth of knowledge of of the old-time music traditions. This I mean, is, I didn't. This is why we do what we do because exactly. this, is how, this is how we I learn things. Learn. I want to learn exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I deliberately did this as an offshoot of Welcome to the Club and with my connection to Roseanne Cash, and you know, I thought this would be a cool thing to really dig into and learn mm-hmm. about, and God knows I have. Yes. But I also believe that if this East Coast girl who 
you know, grew up in Jamaica Plain and mm-hmm. Boston and lived in the North End for almost 20 years and it was dyed in the wool, you know, urban, could get something from this story yeah. that I could convince other people there was something in this story. And boy, the decision makers who live in the East Coast and the decision makers who live in those centers of urbanity yeah. weren't having it. And it took a lot of, um, you know, the people who ended up rallying for this film got it, you yeah. know, got that there was something bigger, that it wasn't just about the South and it wasn't just about, um, you know, this one family. I it know. had a bigger it, implication. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. I know. It doesn't make a bit. Of, it never made a bit of sense to me because <laughs> it was the story was so obvious. And yeah. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, right. for God's right. sake. Okay, right. the toilet of the East Coast. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, Wilmington, Delaware. There you go. Okay, Trenton maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, newer anyway. But the point is that <laughs> right. you know I understood it. Yeah. And why it was important. Yeah, if you like and music, it's a great story. Well, I mean, yeah. it's a, and and it's a great story. That's yeah. the above everything else. Yeah. Well, and it's the, a great story. Well, thank you. And the and the yeah. biggest compliment coming from that is what you're implying here, which is people come up to me and say, "I don't even like country music, yes. and I like your film." Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. that's that's the point. It isn't just yeah. country music; it's all of our music. Yeah. It's something deep yeah. in our tradition as yeah. American music. Yeah. Um, it's a big, you know, stream, if you will. It's a big yeah. tributary of this big thing we call American music and I I figured people would just get that and now they do now that they've had the chance to see it but boy the decision makers not so much, not so, much. <laughs> so I don't understand I mean I, I'll never understand it it's yeah. okay I mean well, I'll just, I'll and just it's also understand. in fairness no, it's, it's also this point in technological history where all these folks are running scared they're all you know they can see that their their little castles are crumbling, yeah. um, and they don't really want to make any hard decisions about something. They certainly don't want to stick their necks out and do something that they perceive as risky. So you know, they were you know I see that they have to go with the things that they think are safer. And although God knows I never thought this. You're was giving particularly... them too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> don't well, make maybe. excuses for these people. They're idiots. <laughs> Okay, they're idiots. You're right. <laughs> Anybody who couldn't see the, you know, you know, that this was a great story is, I'm sorry. Well, just, there's a, there's a level of ignorance there. Yeah, some of them didn't get it, but yeah. I have to say. Um, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's take a little coffee break here, and then we'll come back in just a minute. Okay.
in the cupping room at uh, World Cup Coffee and Tea at uh, Northwest uh, um, 18th and Gleason with Beth Harrington. And um, so, uh, are you going to do another music documentary? Ah, there's a the question. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. I would love to. Yeah. But I can't go through this again. You know, oh, I can't, oh, yeah. I can't, yeah. Yeah. you know, literally someone would have to drive the big truck of money up to the front door, yeah. knock on my door, open the door, let it all pour into the living room. <laughs> and then I go, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a million ideas of things I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, but For instance? No, well, I mean, I'd like to do a, well, a couple. One is my... I used to be in the Modern Lovers, and no one's done a film about the Modern Lovers. Jonathan Richmond. Yeah. yeah, and I have unique access to Jonathan and yeah. to the story, yeah. and I think there's something cool there because the bat band spawned, you know, launched a thousand ships, you know. It, sure. It, and um, I think it would be, you know, a fun thing to do, and uh, at this point in my life, it would reconnect me with um, someone who's very influential in yeah. my life. Yeah. You know, and we're we're still friends, but I don't get to see him very often, so it would be kind of a good excuse to, yeah, spend time and right. But a, I'd have to convince him about that, and then you know, right. It's it's about money. It's always about money. Yeah. Um, I also would love to do a, a film about Fanny. Um, no one's done a, you know, they were the first major label all female band, rock band. Yeah. Uh, you know, signed to a major, and and they. Uh -huh. And June Millington is still doing great work with young women guitarists and teaching them how to shred and being this like incredible figure in in women's music and um, and I know June and I, I it's a great story I mean the Millington sisters two sisters yes. who were born in the Philippines their father was in the military American in the military who married their mother who was Filipina yeah. they moved here and yeah. these girls not only I mean not not only are they their first women yeah. signed to a major label. They may be the first Asian American signed to a major right. label, right. you know? Yeah. And, um, and they were these girls that didn't know from take and know for an answer. They just went and did it. And uh -huh. they even recorded at Abbey road and they yeah. knew all of the, they were on bills with all the greats, you know, yeah. everyone from, you know, David Bowie, you know, they just crazy that people yeah. that they were on stage. with. Yeah. Um, and there's great footage of them and, you know, but, you know, same issues. You know, there's, the music rights are involved. Archi archival photos are involved. Right. And that's right. stuff that no matter how cheap the technology is for everything else, yeah. a laptop to edit on, right. a camera that only costs a few thousand dollars, right. those, those big boys aren't budging with what they want. Yep. And they want their money. And especially now they want their money. The yes. music companies definitely want their money now. Yeah. Because they everything else has slipped through their fingers, right. so it's you know a third of our budget for Winding Stream was music and archival. Yeah, you know that's a lot of money. Yeah, and um and we're still raising it, so it's like it you know I I, I can't imagine going through that again, um, at least not immediately. Yeah. On the other hand, let's see what happens this year. You know, maybe I'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, maybe. The, and, he, you know, he, doors hey, will open. You could, and, have, could you, be, know. you could have a hit on your hands. You maybe. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to do one on um, the Go-Go's. Oh, yeah. 
because yeah. I knew Gina Shock. Yeah, she was from cool. Baltimore. I did a piece. Oh. I did a TV piece on uh, cool. on on her. You know, back in when they had their when they first started. When yeah, they, yeah. When, they, when their their first big hit and their tour with the Police and wow. and Gina had been in Edith Massey's band, The oh, Incredible cool. Eggs. <laughs> I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, and um, uh, I just uh, and she had this, this these great parents who wow. had these wonderful Baltimore accents, you know. Oh, you know, that's great. And, uh, well, uh, Kathy Valentine has a new band. Yeah. The Go Go's. She's um yeah. she's got a band called the Blue Bonnets. That uh-huh. are, they're they're really starting to tear things up. I think they're gonna. Yeah. Make a mark. Yeah. I still have that. I mean, I think I put that Go Go story up on my on my YouTube page. Mm-hmm. It's it's still one of the, the, the favorite things I've ever done. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah. it was you know it was their it was their time. Yeah. It was just their oh, time. Awesome. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. They were yeah. the girls. Yeah. 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 Um, well, um, well, you could easily not easily. But you you could you know I mean it, it, I, I what do I know right. <laughs> But it certainly is within the realm of possibility that that this this movie's going to get out there and and people are going to see it and people are going to go, oh, she should do something else. Right. Yeah, yeah you could hope. I mean, yeah. I, I, but that's what got into me into trouble in the first place because oh. with Welcome to the Club, yeah, you know, it did really well. It was on yeah. public television. Right. It got a Grammy nomination. Yeah. So. I thought. There you go. Oh, right. here we go. I'm good. The next one's going to be easier. Jeez. Oh, you know, and that is actually something I said. I have this great friend, Paul Steckler, was a very, very accomplished documentary filmmaker, and I think I might have even told you the story. But he basically he can he's he lives in uh, Austin, teaches yeah. at um, UT, and he he came over one time and we were talking, and he said, "So what ha- what's happening with this film?" I said, oh, "Paul, it's killing me. I can't get it done." Yeah. And he said. Uh, you know, what do you think is going on? He said, I don't know, Paul. I thought this was going to be the easiest film I ever made. Yeah. And he said, and that was your first mistake. <laughs> so hubris is a really dangerous thing. And no, I but, really, it, but it makes sense. It, sh- it did make sense. Way. But it also, in, in, when I step back historically, I see that, every, that all the mechanisms for fa- funding films were collapsing. Yeah. And that, you know. The decision makers are circling the wagons. I can see that now. At the time when you're in it, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going, something's wrong here. And it, it took me a long time. Now I know what's wrong. I understand that the ecosystem of film, yeah. independent filmmaking, and, and Hollywood filmmaking too, has yeah. changed so radically that, you know, it's we're just not talking about the same kind of numbers mm-hmm. of Fun, for funding, uh-huh. and we're not talking about the same kind of numbers on the back end either. Yeah. So it you really have to be careful what you commit to, and that's why you know for when I recommend to young filmmakers what they're going to do, uh-huh. I say make something you can make with three people and your laptop and your camera. Don't get all. Don't make a historical music documentary. Whatever you do, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of. When, when you're when you're taking it around now and you see it and you're in the auditorium, you know, is there something in the film because you're in you're there? You yeah. Know, is there is there any part in that film that still makes you go? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole section um, that deals with A. P. Carter and his death uh-huh. and his, you know, here's a guy who did have a vision, and I can obviously I can relate to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who's killing himself for his music. Yeah. And yeah. even though they became, now we see them as a famous act. You know, in his day, they had their highs and lows. They 
they were victims of certain kinds of technological change themselves, mm -hmm. and uh, and certainly historical change. Sure. And they didn't really. A.P. Carter didn't get his due in his lifetime, and didn't feel like his music was appreciated. And he died not knowing that his there was going to be a plaque in the Country Music Hall of Fame dedicated to him, and that the Country Music Hall of Fame was going to have inscribed in their rotunda, will the circle be unbroken Jeez. over the rotunda of yeah. all of the Hall of Famers. Yeah. And he didn't know that, like his granddaughter says, he was going to be on a postage stamp and that people were going to be playing his music at hipster bars in Portland <laughs> on a Tuesday night in 2014. Yeah. You know, He just yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. And um, so when, I, when they tell the story of his death and him dying not knowing that and him mm. on his deathbed thinking he was on a radio show that he used to do and singing the songs with his family, yeah, yeah. thinking he's on the radio. Yeah. I think, wow, wow, there's a guy that yeah. just didn't, didn't think he'd made it, made an impact. And he really did. Yeah. And so that part when I, and plus Murray Hammond from the old 97 sings a beautiful version of in the shadow of Clinch mountain during that part, mm -hmm. which is very heartfelt. Murray is a huge Carter fan. So though that combination of those things always kind of, gets me even now and i think poor ap <laughs> and telling that story is such a is such a tremendous responsibility on your part i totally take this seriously i mean people ask me why did it did i not quit yeah and part of me is i just don't do that i'm right. kind of stubborn yeah sob but but Really, after a certain point, I was entrusted with all these great interviews that nobody else had, yeah. including one of Johnny Cash's last interviews. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, if I don't finish this film, I've I've let somebody down. I've let yeah. a lot of people down nobody in else, my mind. And nobody else is going to. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't think they would. And I, the best I could console myself with one day, one day I was thinking, well, I could give the tapes – and they were tapes, a lot of them. Yeah. I could give the tapes to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and they could have them in the archive. And maybe someday some other scholar will right. take them or do right. something with them. Well, I'm still probably going to do something like that, but yeah. now at least I have a finished film to yes. go with it. But, yeah, I was, I was very concerned about that. Yeah. You know, I felt yeah. like Johnny Cash gave me that interview because he wanted to say something about June and Maybell before he died. And he died three weeks later. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, yeah. I did feel a responsibility. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, geez, aren't I? Uh, you, you should be so proud. I am proud. I'm, yeah. I'm really proud. I stuck it out. Yeah. I'm really proud. I stuck it out, and I'm. It was a story that had to be told. I feel like it. I feel like yeah. it's a big piece of our culture, you know. And yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. I really wanted to tell it, and I, and I do feel like the icing on the cake is that it turns out people like it. <laughs> Well, you know, like I'm proud that it's done, but yeah. I I was proud that I finished it in some form. Yeah. But the fact yeah. that it's done yeah. so well that you know it's getting really good reviews from you know Rolling Stone re wrote about it twice now and yeah. you know Variety and Billboard and, yeah. and I'm like oh, really you know after all mm -hmm. that rejection to be hearing yeah. from these yeah. great sources saying yeah. this is a cool film I'm like <laughs> you know how how much better does it get? So, I understand that. Uh, on a much smaller scale, because as you know, I made a documentary uh, about uh, 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, which is still unseen. And uh, so topical even and now. I, know, I realize that. And, but w what I did was, after, I mean, it was rejected everywhere. Yep. 
the finished documentary was rejected. Not the idea. Yeah. The finished documentary was rejected everywhere by everyone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so um, Greg Bond, who did it with yep. me, and I put it up on YouTube. Yeah. And we're over forty thousand views. <laughs> and yep. We have gotten the most heartfelt comments. People are there you go. crying. There you go. People are thanking us. Yep. People are just and yep. and, and the 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 couple of times we actually showed it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just what, that's what happened. I mean, people people cried their eyes out and yeah. you know yeah, it was very moving uh, on assisted suicide. And uh, uh, so you know, I mean, at least now that some people have seen it. Mm-hmm. Forty thousand people is mm-hmm. a lot. That's, that's that's okay. That's really that's okay good. With me. That's okay that's with really me. Good. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, it's 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 very nice to know that um, it does what we had intended it to do, right. even if everyone else, you know, in any kind of responsible position, hates it. That, well, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the. I mean, to give you an, an, another example like that. Yeah. Yesterday. A guy from the North Carolina Creative Development Council uh-huh. wrote me out of the blue. Don't know this man. Mm-hmm. Um, name is Chris Beecham. And he wrote me and said, I thought you'd want to know. Um, we put a proposal in a while back. He didn't say how long ago. Um, to honor Leslie Riddle ah. with a historical marker in Burnsville, mm-hmm. North Carolina, which is where he was born. This yes. is the guy that collected the music with A.P. Carter. And um, he said it was rejected, and it was rejected on two counts at the time. One, that people didn't actually believe Riddle was from North Carolina, and he is, <laughs> uh, was. Um, but the other piece was that they didn't believe he had, held any importance in country music. <laughs> so they used, uh, they talked to a bunch of scholars, and I'm not claiming credit for this myself at yeah. all, but... Um, Talked to a bunch of scholars, people that we had talked to for our film, mm-hmm. um, but they had also looked at the film, and I had made a little book to go with the film, and yeah. they had looked at the book and cited interviews from the film and, and, and transcribed in the book yeah. as evidence of Leslie Riddle's importance, and they just found out that they're going to put a historical marker in Burnsville, North Carolina for Leslie Riddle. That's great. And to me, I like burst into tears. Of course. When I heard How could you not? <laughs> How like, could you not? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's yeah. the yeah. satisfaction of this work to me. Yes. That, you know, doesn't really right. come with, um, you know, I mean, it's nice to get an award and that's, yeah. that's really cool, but um, yeah. that was deeply satisfying that yeah. you know this man this african-american man who nobody really remembers that the family remembers him and they talk about him and he was very important in their family yeah. Yeah. but um most people have no idea who this man was and i call him like the fifth beetle he yes. was you know he was the fourth carter you yeah. know yeah. so yeah. yeah so that's where the satisfaction comes in reaching those forty thousand people yep. that's a lot of people that's a lot of people you know, you know, that's a good thing. Well, it is un- until you consider that ugly cats get, you know. Well, you can't go there. Hits. You can't okay. go there. Grumpy cat. <laughs> grumpy cat is his own thing, and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't go there. Well, of course, as as, as uh, Bill Foster of the Northwest Film Center told me, because he's he was the only guy who's 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 exhibited the uh-huh. documentary. Uh-huh. He said, "You know, Tom." He says. You know, the husband's not going to come home and say, hey, honey, let's go watch Robert die tonight. Right. Yeah, it's a tough sell. <laughs> it is a very tough yeah. sell. 
But yeah. uh, you know, to be as, as roundly rejected as it has been, it was not. not it's not, tough. Not our plan. It's a crazy world. You know, the out thing there. is, though, Greg and I still believe in that documentary. Well, and you know, it it is the kind of thing that, and this is where the new where technological change is great. Yeah. That it's it probably is more of a document. It's not a go out on a date documentary, no. but it's a da- it's <laughs> there, a document. Are there really any go on date documentaries? <laughs> no, there aren't no, anymore. There, aren't there any. are no. Yeah. But but there are but there are maybe people, Nicki Minaj documentary maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who are searching for information yes. and searching yeah. for answers about really tough questions yeah. and 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 need storytelling to help them figure stuff out yeah, yeah. and they put in. Yeah. assisted suicide and there you and there's your documentary yeah you know they google it and there it is and and it, it's a different way of audiences finding you yeah. but it doesn't make it any less valid people have commented uh, things like well of course the, the people oh, everybody cries but yeah uh you know i you know, this, this made me rethink the issue yeah and stuff yeah. like that which is, yeah see if you can thing. It's a good thing. If you can, I mean, that's yeah. That's if you can yeah. get people to yeah. say, yeah. "I never thought about this." Doing that documentary like... ruined my career, but what are you going to oh, do? Oh, that. You know, yes, that. Oh, that yeah. little yeah. thing. Yeah, sure. Well, uh. <laughs> I, I, you and I both have read enough music in document in uh, documentation about creative people to know that the ruining of the career is a feather in your hat. Oh, great. <laughs> it, yes. it goes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm driving an 85 Subaru I'm, wagon, okay? I'm driving a car my mother-in-law let me have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yep. <laughs> So you you were a singer with uh, Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. I was. How did that happen? Uh, oh, it's it's great. It was totally a fluke. Um, so I I was very into the music scene in Boston and yeah. hung around with lots of musicians. I'd come back from college in Syracuse and settled back in to the north end of Boston and and uh, went out to the Rat every night to hear music uh-huh. and. Um, eventually got, had a boyfriend who was a musician and, um, my brother was a mistake. Oh yeah. Don't get me going. Have have you ever heard the Bob song? Never, ever date a musician. No, they already have a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was the wife. (laughs) No, no, the the guitar (laughs) is the wife. No, no. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's that. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was, uh, it was absolutely good. Good advice. I wish I'd heard it. Um, but I, you know, it was one of those things, you know, I never wanted to date the Beatles. I wanted to be the Beatles. There you, go. you know, there was yeah. a piece of me that always in the back of my mind, that's, yeah. that was really something yeah. that was uh, something I thought was not mine to ask for mm-hmm. or mine to pursue. Um, and mm-hmm. partly that's a generational thing, I think, about being a woman at a certain yeah. time. Yeah. I think I don't think anyone would fall into that trap as quickly now. But no, I, not I was, at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I was really part of that generation of girls who was like, yeah. "Well, I'll hang out here." Yeah, you know. Um, but my friend Ellie, who was the sister of my boyfriend, um, was a great singer, and she was given an opportunity to uh, sing a little bit with Jonathan Richmond at one point. And Jonathan, who was, and I was a huge fan of Modern Lovers and a huge fan of Jonathan's, um, and I. Was in the, had been in the same room with him, but never talked to him because oh, it was Jonathan. You know, wow. I mean, I was so into who he was. I understand. Huge fan. <laughs> yeah. And um, one at one point, 
Jonathan had Ellie and another woman lined up to be background singers in a new band he was putting together in 1980. And um, they had been rehearsing, and they were going to leave on a two-week tour of California. And they were pretty set to go. And uh, they were going to go in like three weeks. And Jonathan fired the other singer very late in the game because she couldn't do what I am now going to do for you. Couldn't clap and snap her fingers. No. Yeah. Great singer, apparently, but couldn't clap and snap her fingers. So Jonathan, being the kind of whimsical guy he can be, said, this isn't going to work. And he fired her. Now he has only one chick singer, and he needs two, and they're about ready to leave on a tour. And Ellie, who lives upstairs from me in the apartment building in the North End, says to Jonathan, well, you know, Beth, I've, I've heard Beth sing. Beth can sing, you know, Barry's girlfriend. Yeah. And he says, well, go get her. And so I go upstairs, and she says, okay, he, he really just wants to know if you can clap and snap your fingers. And so Jonathan sits there and says, can you clap and snap your fingers? And I, you know, and I do it. And, and he you says, still can. And I still can. I haven't lost it. And uh, he says, great. You're hired. And I'm like, oh, don't you want to hear me say, oh, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. So he put on a Nolan Strong and the Diablos album uh-huh. and said, okay, let's all pick a part and sing. So I picked the alto part and I sang uh-huh. it, you know, yeah. dua dua. And uh, <laughs> great. When can you, you know, we're leaving in three weeks. Um, we're going to start rehearsing tomorrow, you know. And I had a job. Yeah. Um, a pretty good job for a young person at what that were you point. Doing? I was I was a script writer for an audiovisual company. Wow! So I was yeah, I was a decent a good job. job. But I wish I had a job like I know. that right now. I know. Actually, <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. I know. So I um, I talked to my boss. I hadn't taken my vacation. They gave uh-huh. me two weeks off, which is the length of the tour. I went and did it. Yeah. I got paid, so I didn't even lose any money. I gained. <laughs> I got made money, and then uh, when we get back. Jonathan's manager, who was Matthew Kaufman from Berserkly Records, uh-huh. um, offered us six months full pay, whether we were on the road or off. Um, so 150 bucks a week. Oh, not bad. It was pretty good. Not it was bad. really good, actually. It was, yeah. And, um, and I did that for um, the six months. And then, of course, we were trapped at that point because we had the golden handcuffs. We loved it. And, um, <laughs> and, I, and I toured with them for three years. Wow. And we made an album for uh, Sire uh-huh. called Jonathan Sings. Sire was happening then. Yeah, Sire was happening then. Yeah, it was a cool al- It was a cool label. The to be Sex on. Pistols were on Sire. Yeah, Madonna was on Sire. Yeah. The Talking Heads were on yeah, Sire. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, yeah it was a yeah. Seymour Stein was in it. That was the heyday. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we we toured and uh, and then um, I did that for a while and and Jonathan and I had a little falling out over personnel he fired the keyboard player and i thought that was a big mistake oh. so i did the you can't fire him i quit oh, thing geez. um <laughs> which was probably not the way to go but no. that's what i did that's but um yeah. i was really grateful for the time jonathan is a really you know he's a he's like an iconoclast but he's he's somebody that i was proud to be on stage with like he was so himself uh-huh. all the time on or off stage i really learned a lot from watching him and he gave me an opportunity to sing and to really literally and figuratively find my voice, you know, as a person and as a performer. And I 
my life was totally different after that mm -hmm. because people did take me seriously as a, as a singer yeah. and as someone worthy of being in the music scene besides being, you know, the girlfriend of the drummer <laughs> in a certain band. And, um, and I, and I just was in the milieu that I really, really, really loved. Yeah. And I felt like I had legitimacy there. And, and, and even today, you know, decades later, yeah. um, people, know the album i mean andy uh -huh. always laughs about it because people say your wife is beth harrington of the modern lovers and, and he's like what the and i'm like i know it's so quirky and geeky yeah but for the people who love it yeah you know it's, i'm sure and i'm sure you, you you know you've taken things from that experience that you still use today in, in, in the band that you're in well it, oh absolutely in the band i'm in now yeah, yeah. i mean i yeah. just I have learned how to sing with really quirky singers. Jonathan is a very quirky uh, yeah, singer. Yeah, and yeah. and as it turned out, the bands I was in after that, and I was in other bands before the one I'm in now, everybody had were the the lead singers who I sang with uh -huh. have very unique voices with their own personality on yeah. them. They weren't just your classic, you know, uh -huh. Irish tenor or something, yeah. you know. <laughs> and you have to really nail it. You have to find their phrasing and their nuances and work with that. And yeah. that's something I I do know how to do, hmm. and um, I feel really good about that. Um, but it also just ma paved the way for, like, you know, I'm making films about musicians. I know how to talk to a musician. Right. You know, right. I'm talking to Jeff Hanna from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band at one point, uh -huh. and, uh -huh. you know, we're in Nashville, yeah. and we're he's saying something about touring. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to tour, and I know about that. And he said, oh, really, what band were you in? I'm like, oh, well. You wouldn't know, you know. And he said, "Well, yeah. no, tell me, what is it?" And I yeah. said, "It's called Modern the Modern Lovers." Jonathan, what's your Modern Lovers? And I was like, "Huh, you know, yeah. like it just it yeah. made me much more legitimate to him than just, yeah. <laughs> frankly, some TV person." Really. <laughs> the time comes though too when when you, when you interview somebody that you hold in in very high regard, mm. where it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, years ago, um, I did a series of, of long-form um, radio interviews yeah. with people I I just wanted to talk to. Right. You know, like right. Keith Jarrett and yep. Carla Bley and Jeez. people like that. Yeah. And uh, Don Cherry. And so wow. one of them was Cecil Taylor. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I thought, I can't do this. He's going to kill He's, me. He's going to eat me for lunch. I'm going to I'm going to be chewed up and spat out. I know. You get so nervous right? about so the big boys. You know what boys. I did? I called up Gary Giddens from the Village Voice. Right. I said, "Would would you be on with me?" Because I was doing a network a network radio talk show at the time. Oh. I said, "Would you be on with me and Cecil Taylor?" Wow. <laughs> Bingo. Wow, nice. And I had so that gave me instant cred with Cecil right. Taylor because right. he would have he would have chewed me up. Would have, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even now, um, you know, you still have great respect and admiration you're still a big fan sure like bill frizzell for instance yeah i did this uh he one of the time he came through he came through town uh i i did he came into the kmhd studios and yeah. i did an interview with him it was what he had released beautiful dreamers mm -hmm. and i you know when you when you do these interviews things just things just and i i, I just said sure. what do you dream about oh and he told me this incredible Incredible story wow. about this dream he had, in which he was in an attic and there were monks there, and they they said, "Would you like to see and hear all of the colors of music at once?" Holy moly! And it changed his entire <laughs> life. Right? I didn't get an air check. 
Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, it's one of those kind of things, you know, I'm the biggest Bill Frizzell fan on earth. Sure. Maybe yeah. not, but one of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not married to him. Maybe his wife is, but <laughs> probably not. But anyway, um, uh, and so, you know, um, so you do these things and you just, you know, it's it's such an enriching experience. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. he's coming through town again. And I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going ask to, him the story again. I'm going to ask him the story you again. But I'm going to, I'm, you I'll, I'll record it this time. Yeah, yeah. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's what I'm worried about. Right. Remember Laurel and Hardy? Yeah. And Stan would say something really brilliant. Right. And Ollie would go, say that again. Yeah. And it would it was never was any. It was, it was never it was the same choice. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah, that is a problem. I don't think that's going to happen with Bill Frisell, yeah. however. Some because, people know how to do it. Yeah, because once. he's so nice and so right. smart and so humble and everything. Yeah. But, yeah. but because uh, I, you know, um, so uh, it, you really do learn. You learn so much. Oh yeah. When you do these things, you know. Yeah, some of these people. I mean, the stories you hear and the yeah. and just the way people conduct themselves in these situations is yeah. very yeah uh, informative. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, watching. You know, watch on Johnny Cash and how he handled all of us and how gaga we all were. And he was just like, it's all good, you know, yeah. big magnanimous personality. He's yeah. done it a million times. That's He's so good. good. That's so good. You know? I remember when I was first in, in – I was working for Evening Magazine, mm -hmm. make, cranking out those seven-minute stories, whether they deserved it seven <laughs> minutes or not. And, and I went to do a story on Phyllis Diller. Oh, wow. And I'm going, you know, oh my God, this is Phyllis Diller. Yeah. This is Phyllis yeah. Diller. You yeah. know, I mean, she's a big star. And, sure. And she could not have been nicer. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. She knew. She just knew what she had to give us. That's she good. gave us what she was supposed to give us, yeah. and she was wonderful about it. And uh, when those things happen, man, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, there are times that's when those things don't happen. Charlie Daniels, for instance. <laughs> Not so good, huh? One of the most bizarre interviews I've ever done. Really? Yeah, it was like after a show, and and and, and they had a, 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 a like a banquet table set up outside mm -hmm. with enormous lights. You know, not not TV lights. I mean, just like huge lights, uh -huh. and like people were lined up to meet him, like he was the Pope. And that's <laughs> where I had to do the interview. Oh, and it was I was and he, he was he was he was Pope like. He was <laughs> with the big hat. And he had a right? hat, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like the Pope has, you know. <laughs> All oh, it's a different shape, but the yeah, same but thing, that, you know. Yeah. The regalia. Uh, yeah, and he was not, you know, he 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 wasn't was he wasn't having it. No, <laughs> no, you you run into that periodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but hardly, you know, people are generally if you engage with somebody, you know, on yeah. an honest level. Right. You know, and you right. don't have a, you don't have a, a paper with all the questions. Well, that's the interesting <laughs> thing. I say that to young filmmakers a lot. They ask yeah. about interviewing, and yeah. uh, in fact, a, a young filmmaker interviewed me recently and had the list of questions in oh, front geez, of me, yeah. in front of her, and, yeah. and I was like, you know, you can snatch it, just snatch it, just talk, yeah. just talk to me. Right. We'll get more out of snatch it. Snatch it, crumple you know? it up, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's good to know what you where you're going, and and actually, you know, I advocate for being prepared and having a list of questions. Yeah, but you don't let the person see you no. reading it. You you no. and you know approach the, it as a conversation. One of the things I learned, the hardest lesson I ever had to learn, mm -hmm. was I was working in L.A. and I had I had this great news director. It was a it was a strip show on the PBS station there, news show. Uh -huh. But and they threw me in the pool. I didn't nothing. I knew nothing. Mm -hmm. And they they gave me a half hour documentary a week to make. Oh my god. Right? 
and Reverend James Cleveland. Oh wow! Was yeah. There, okay. Oh, and I, I and I had a black lesbian news director. Uh huh. And she was, she was my inspiration. Yeah. And continues today, right? Yeah. And she said, "Yeah, do a piece on Reverend Cleveland." Yeah. Said, oh, great. You know, go shooting this church on Sunday morning and everything. And listen, he says, she says, "So one thing you know, he's gay." I'm going like. Oh really? Oh, and and how should I handle that? Well, you shoot the shoot the church first, then schedule an interview, and wait until the very Last end of question, the interview. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I go, so I shoot the church, and I, and I, I do the interview, and I and, and I, it was the, probably the most diplomatic question I've ever asked in my life. And I go, Reverend Cleveland, I noticed in your church uh, how welcome the diverse. You know, the types of people are, and he just shut the interview off right there. Just stop the interview. Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah. saying. I went to his diverse. house. I went to his house, and uh, an an oiled manservant answered the door. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, the thing I learned, the, the, my, the lesson I learned, and, and I, I and I tell I tell people in in all media, mm-hmm. you know, young, young when yeah. I talk to young people, I made it. I made the piece. It was okay. It was good. I mean, you can't go wrong with you know the, right. the music in Reverend James Cleveland's church on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You cannot go wrong with that. Sure. Um, but she looked at it and said, you know, you can write your way out of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, bing. Yeah. And I never, I never forgot that. It doesn't matter what medium you're using. Right. You can write your way out of anything. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Great lesson. Yep. Hard, hard learned. <laughs> yeah. No, but when that opens up for you, it's like, of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, thank you very much for sitting here hey, talking thank to you. me. thank you. This, this is was, really fun. It was fun. It's it a good is excuse fun. to get Isn't together. It fun? Yeah, yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>